1: Swag. Hey. This right here is my swag All the girls are on me
0: down Everybody pay attention this, this right here is my pretty boy sway. Pretty boy sweat. Pretty boy
1: swag, pretty boy swag. Pretty boy swag. Pretty boy swag. Get out your way. Pretty boy coming through. Me and my crew, we swaggin' in the room. Girls on me heavy cause I look so sexy. Yellow diamond shouting in the straight flexing. I'm looking for a yellow phone. Long hair star. Thick and the hips come get in my car. So your party will a star. We take off and go to Mars. Pretty boy, take off and find folks. What a way to start your Thursday. Oh my goodness. I love when I, I do this and then I'm like, I'm in the middle of saying it. And I'm like, what day is it going to be? I was about to say Wednesday, but it's Thursday. We're almost done. We're done. Oh, for all intents and purposes, we're done with the week. We usually say Wednesday, but let's push it back to Thursday. So you are done now, folks. You just coast the rest of the week. And we got a great show for you today to coast with. Uh, how is everybody doing? Is everybody good? I um, So we have a a great guest today. I watched her on TikTok first, which just sounds like the most God when a when a when an older dude's like, I watched her on TikTok first. It's always it's it's unsettling even for me to say out loud to myself. I just uh, I loved her TikToks. I was sent one about Bethany Frankel a while back and. Uh, so we talk all about Bethany Frankel today, but I just think she her opinions are great. I mean, she's obviously much younger than I am and much smarter than I am and probably funnier than I am. And I think it's just a really cool blend of that. And it was so great to talk to somebody new, and I just loved. Uh, I love talking to her. I, I'm, I'm excited throughout this whole interview, and we get to go. Bethany Frankel, we talk Machine Gun Kelly, we talk uh, Eric Andre and Emily Ratajkowski. Well, we gotta go all over the map, and I think this is just a great way. I'm like, guys, you need to start a podcast so you can get to know people that you want to get to know in your life. But it was great. It was just so refreshing to have uh, a new person to talk to that I did not know at all. And after this, I was like, oh, I got a really good sense of who she is and uh, and she's, and what she stands for, too. I think we talk about a lot of things in here that actually mean something in this day and age. I mean, there's so... we there's tons of laughs in here but it's just an over a great overall conversation and we kind of go there in certain uh in certain beats of this uh this talk and i always urge people you know even if you're uncomfortable in something that we're talking about you know try to sit with that for a second i know sometimes it might not be the most fun thing i try to make things uh fun in general but it's also always really good to be able to talk about something of substance but talk about it in a lighthearted way and um, yeah, so this conversation meant the world to me. I I, I, ha- I did this on uh, yesterday, Valentine's Day in the morning, and it was just, it was, it was great. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Her name is Talia Lickstein. Um, if you don't know her, I think you will know her someday. So I'm so happy to have had her on the show. Uh, I did want to talk about a couple of really quick things before we get to this. Um, is that, listen, your boy went out tonight in terms, I mean, it's, it's 1140 right now at night. But I went out, I usually kind of stay in my cave, or I'm in Arizona, and uh, it, I went out to watch Vanderpump Rules with my good friend Kiki Monique, you know her as At The Talk of Shame, she's been on the show a lot, or you might know her from Instagram, and uh, the Zen Blonde, Lauren was there, John Joseph was there, uh, Zach, Zachary, Zach Talks Reality was there, it was like like nine or ten of us, and we went to this place, Justin Caso's, uh, clever name, on the Sunset Strip, and they were, I, I think... Kiki found it where they were they were going to play Vanderpump Rules because Kiki was on tonight's episode of Vanderpump Rules at the Daily Mail party which which funny enough I was there that night too but I was there after I think cameras went down so luckily I was not in it cuz I'm not looking to be in any more episodes of Vanderpump Rules so we wanted to all watch it together and I'm little I'm hesitant to go anywhere these days um but I'm so glad I went out it was so nice to um to have, human, to, to have human now, I just sound like, it was so nice to be around people and have a couple of drinks. And listen, they were on an East Coast feed we found out afterwards, so we weren't able to watch Vanderpump Rules. And um, I will say this is a bummer. And if you uh, follow the tug of shame on her stories, uh, you'll see that, like, so she left. Like, I got there at like 8.15. We realized that they weren't playing it any longer. And so at like 9.30, 30. I think we realized that I was trying to call around to other bars to see if they had a different TV system that was set to West Coast feed, not East Coast feed. And there were a couple of nice people that didn't have it, but that we can throw parties there next time. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great eventually at some point this season where we do an L.A. viewing party of Vanderpump Rules? And that kind of got me excited. I got to tell you, going out, like, listen, I've been such a poo-poo person, poo-poo person, uh, of going out anywhere. And this kind of was like, oh, it actually is nice to be out uh, in, in small doses. But regardless, uh, you know, we were at this place just in Queso's, and you know, it's a Wednesday night. It wasn't packed, it wasn't busy at all. And the manager dude there that was working the bar, he just, listen, I came from a nightclub background, and I remember, like, he just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. You know, like, he was just, you know, I, just a little bit of an attitude. And I even noticed that coming in. And then we we're in the back area, Kiki and her friend left at like 945. They're like, well, if it's not come on, we're not gonna be out here. And, you know, he, I guess had had, you know, he wasn't being very helpful when we were dealing with the TV situation. But regardless, I didn't know this was going on. But she left and, and Kiki and her stories and I've texted with her since. She goes, you know, Listen, I didn't think it was great service, but as a black woman, I always have to tip because there is this thing out there about black women not tipping. And, you know, just she's like, I'm always aware of that. I'm always, which is just something that I I don't have to be aware of at all as a white dude. And, uh. But, you know, you have to realize, like, that shit does go down. Like, that is something that is on her mind every time she goes out. But anyway, she tipped, you know, over 20%, I believe, and then wrote, you know, really horrible service on the uh, the receipt. And listen, it wasn't busy. So she was walking out, and I guess the guy saw that and came out and, like, ch- like chased her down on the street And then proceeded to go into a back and forth with her where he ended up calling her racist, which just sounds like a mess and a half, you guys. And listen, I had no clue any of this was going on. I was in the back with like Lauren and John and like Zach. And I mean, I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm going to have another drink. And they had Summer House on and we were all having a good time talking. Uh, It was a bummer we couldn't watch Vanderpump Rules, but I was, you know, I didn't want to leave yet. And then when I was leaving, I found out all of this stuff. So I I wanted to mention that. And I just, it's so weird when you're going to be having a good time or something and then just realize people that are in the service industry, usually their job is so tough and that it really is dealing with so many personalities, but there's still no reason to be a dick to anybody in any sort of situation. And you always got to remember it is a service industry. So, you know, err on the side of caution of being nice of being nice and accommodating, and especially if your business isn't doing well, because then I was calling other bars on the Sunset Trip, and they were like, hell, come on in, please, bring your people. It was just that they didn't have the West Coast feed of Vanderbump Rules either. But, I mean, I had two bars that were like, come throw parties here every week. And I was like, it's that easy? And they were so nice and accommodating. But I just wanted to point that out, because it was so fun to meet these other content creators in person and hang out and kind of talk shop. But I hated that Kiki had to go through that, so... I just wanted to mention that up top, um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I didn't get to watch Vanderpump Rules yet, so I'm going to go watch that right after this, and remember, on Fridays, we do a full Vanderpump Rules recap, so get ready. I did get to see like, the first 10 minutes, though. I saw the Peter Raquel date. Oh, man, Peter. Oh, Poor, poor Peter Madrigal. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. But let's just get into this interview right now. Um, Also, remember there are timestamps on this, so if you don't want to jam out to Girl Talk, one of the best mashup musicians that I've ever met uh, that I've ever heard in my life, you can skip right to that. I put the timestamp on there so you don't have to bop out with a great mashup, Um, and also you don't have to listen to this first part. You can go directly to the interview, um, which we're going to get to right now. So I just want to—it's always nice to to remind the new people that you can try to, you know, we're like Burger King here, you know, like make it your own way. We want to make have the have the listening experience that you have always wanted, uh, which by the way, I want to remind people that today we did the Pretty Woman three-hour movie recap with Annabelle DeSisto, and I thought it was hysterical. I hope you guys have liked it. Some of you guys might be saving it. And it's like the perfect podcast that you do not have to listen to on the day or date. Um, so I really highly recommend... I just recommend taking a 3 hour drive and listening to it. It's it's a magical magical recap. Very dirty, very funny. It's all of the things that I love. And I think Annabelle DeSisto knocks it out of the park on this one. So I wanted to remind people of that. So let's go. Uh, like I said, I found her on TikTok. Uh, she, but a lot of, I mean, a lot of you guys might even know who she is already. But I just think she is an up-and-coming voice. Um, and I really appreciated how much she loves comedy. As a comedy geek myself, it was just so nice to see, like, oh, what do you like? And what do you like? It's just so great. Everybody has a, a story. Everybody... I don't know. It's so special to do this because everybody brings something so unique. The coolest thing that we all have is our personal voice, you know, is that how we relate to things, how we view things in this world and how we choose to then, um, how we, how we walk through life, you know, and how we, you know, either can make people laugh or we can make people think, or sometimes we can do both. And I think that is such a gift. And so it is so cool to do this and be able to see other people that I admire and have that opportunity to speak with them. Uh, I, I'm hoping to have everybody that listens on the uh, the show one day. That would actually truly be unique as well. Um, also, I'm waking up early in the morning. I, I got two cool interviews tomorrow that I can't wait for you guys to hear. I woke up early this morning to interview another Bravo, a couple of Bravo people this morning at like 830 in the morning. That went great uh, on cloud nine with a lot of these uh, opportunities that I'm getting and uh but i'm driving to arizona to see becky and bill and i'm going to my uh yeah i'll tell you guys about that at another time but uh i'll be in the car all day so if you guys need me that i'll be in the (laughs) car i'll be in the car but then i'll get into arizona i'll do the vanderpump rules recap and you will have that in your hot little ears on friday morning so without further ado uh my new friend talia lixtein ladies and gentlemen welcome back to so bad it's good today we are recording this on valentine's day Uh, I don't even know what that really means to any of you guys or even to myself at this point, but I hope you're having a great one. And today, uh, these are my favorite podcasts. I always tell you when I get to talk to somebody that I'm a fan of that I don't know, I've never really spoken to before. So I'm naturally nervous, but this person uh, I was introduced to, a lot of people were sending me her her TikToks, and there was one about Bethany Frankel that was particularly enlightening because it was very similar on how I feel about Bethany Frankel. And then it was one of those things where, you know, I'm a comedy nerd and I was just digging into everything. And she was making these kind of amazing points. Half of those are not for me because I'm not a woman, but like half of them are just really just make me laugh so much. I just think she's one of the funnier people that I follow on TikTok and Instagram. And she had a podcast. I think there's one about to start, but we're going to just talk uh, about a bunch of things today. And I think you're going to love her if you don't know her. Uh, Talia Lickstein, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, what an intro. Thank you. I wish I could <laughs> write that all on my gravestone. That was beautiful. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, so that's, happy to be I, here. I, I, I I'm really like that's what I'm saying. Like, I really I reached out to you and I was like, Oh, there's no way she's gonna do my podcast, but then you were like receptive to it. And I was like, hell yeah. Um Why wouldn't I? Are, what you are you kidding?
0: Your, your podcast is huge, and also I I'm love the opportunity it, to talk. So I'm on everybody's podcast. <laughs> I'm I really just, say yes to ne- everything.
1: Okay, well, I'm a negative Nelly, and guys, have her on your podcast now, but I'm gonna <laughs> take her first. Um what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Let's just get right into it. What what does Valentine's Day mean to you?
0: I didn't even know that it was Valentine's Day until this morning. <laughs> um but I and I I really, you know what I hate is let's just jump right into it. I you cannot know, stand please. this like new um I don't know, not new at all. This hack sect of comedy that like surrounds Valentine's Day. This like entire category of jokes that you can make as a person who's not celebrating with a significant other about how much you hate it and how it's so annoying and you're so sad and miserable today. It's always bugged me. It's not like, cool or different to hate valentine's day i find it actually to be the new wave to be super into valentine's day if you're single and i've (laughs) always been team valentine's day i think it's cute i love the color pink and red and whatever i think the idea (laughs) of celebrating love and candy is great so i have yet to have a relationship fall on a valentine's day i've never celebrated it with a significant other. But I For do real? um no, I I've had I've had relationships and long-term ones, but it's never like been in February. <laughs> it's like we'll break up always... or get together like around the month of February, and it never falls on Valentine's <laughs> Day. So I've never had a Valentine's Day with a significant other. Um, but I I imagine it's really fun. So congrats to all of you out there who are <laughs> doing that. But I personally, I'm loving it. I don't have any crabby attitudes towards it. And I think it's actually really tired and annoying if you're still these people tweeting like, fuck Valentine's Day, get a life. Like, (laughs)
1: listen, I love love. We all, I mean, I think we all love love to some degree. Unless, by the way, but I do- I remember after uh, my big breakup a long time ago, I remember the year after, that was the only time where I hated Valentine's Day because Mm -hmm. it was just so much like pressure of it was like, damn it. You know, like I, you know, this relationship is broken and then you're scared of hearing from your your ex and you're like, there's so much pressure and it's just all the pressure you put on yourself. And the Valentine's industrial complex is intense. If you go to a Rite Aid or any kind of Walgreens, you're just hit with so much candy and flowers and all that stuff. So if you're sad, it's not a fun day. Do you ever participate in a Galentine's day? I I was recently told about this. I, I, for some reason, just feel like I woke up out of an igloo or something. I'd never heard of Galentine's day for some reason.
0: I'm going to one tonight. I shouldn't even say, Oh, it's like my best friends. I'm home in LA visiting. (laughs) I grew up here. So it's like seeing my best friends in the world. And I'm like, Oh, only because they're calling it Galentine's day and we all have to wear pajamas. It's just bugging me. Why can't we just do a normal, like go out to dinner. I just don't, we're like, I guess we're going to watch a movie and have chocolate together. And you're going to watch the and,
1: Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon, uh, garbage on Netflix. That, Is that what are you going to watch?
0: Whose idea was that? Like, are you kidding? They don't even look like they are friends. <laughs> I don't get it, but I, I didn't even know that that movie was happening until I saw, I think the best publicity was their red carpet photos where they look like they yeah. have never met. I think it's so funny. And the best part is that this whole premise is that they're in different cities, right? For that movie. It's like a long distance It, fe- it feels like they're
1: in different countries. It feels yeah, like they're like- completely in different countries. And, and it feels like the first movie created entirely by AI, where yes. I'm like, this doesn't feel like human emotion at all. And even Ashton Kutcher promoting this movie, even by himself. I was like looking at pictures of him interviewing and he was like- What's up? Yeah, me and Reese are good. Uh, right. Me and my wife are good. He just seems bummed. Like, not bummed. Just, like, going through the motions. Like, we all are. Right. Um, no, yeah. So. Valentine's Day, you're gonna you have to wear PJs. Do you already have the PJs picked out? Because, like, that would just be like, I wear basketball shorts and a t shirt everywhere all the time. Hello, like, what are you gonna I'm, wear?
0: The, the listeners can't see this, but this is my daily outfit it's basketball shorts yeah. and a t shirt. I don't know, like, I guess I'll just, I was thinking of going to Target and like picking out heart ones, honestly. I do love, um, festivity and dressing to theme. And I think that people in the same vein as the people who hate Valentine's day and that's their whole gag. I hate people who refuse to dress up for Halloween. I hate people who didn't like to do like the costume parties in my sorority, whatever. I love a theme. So if there is a theme and everyone's wearing the actual pajamas, I will go all out. I will go to target right now and grab the heart pajamas and I'll do the whole scenario. I think that one of the main reasons I'll have to really like give this thing my all is my yeah. best friend just got out of a relationship like two weeks ago and she's bummed oh, about it so I think yeah. that you know we're gonna have to we'll just we'll just do like the, I'm sure we'll like hit a pinata or something like in that movie with Jennifer Garner and like <laughs> be super cliche and I'll just lean into it it's just like it calling it Galentine's Day the holiday is about love and it doesn't it never specifies that it's about romantic love even though that's like the commercialization of it like it's Valentine's Day is about love. Why do we have to call it Valentine's Day? It's like saying, like, you know, the category, like, strong female lead. Why is it just female lead? Like, I don't know why we have to rename it. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. a female lead. This is
1: one of those weak, weak female lead movies. I wish right. the female lead was stronger in this movie about a female lead. You know, right. it's like, so why do we I want call a it Valentine's
0: Day? It's just it is Valentine's weird. It almost Day. sounds like.
1: It sounds like guillotine's day like it sounds like that yes. thing where you chop your head off and yes. uh oh, the other thing you got to watch out with these pj parties just if you study the kardashians at all you got to make sure you're not going to one of those uh lingerie galentine's parties you got to oh, make sure you're not ha- yeah well i mean according to the kardashians they're always like they have like these sleepovers then it's all just all their friends in like like the fanciest lingerie known to man you
0: know Right, 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 right. Like um, oh, Tinks just did like a video with these the fancy pink lingerie. Tinks. That's like the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, I just uh, I <laughs> I've always wanted to do Valentine's Day with a boyfriend solely because I like the idea of like spending money on that kind of thing and having a fancy lingerie yeah. outfit. Um, and I feel like it would be kind of weird to I don't know, in high school, we used to like dress up for Halloween as like a devil and it was just lingerie with devil ears or something. But I kind of missed That's that. That's a lot of
1: pressure on your first Valentine's Day though. When it does happen potentially next yeah. year, you're going, it's going to be so much pressure to, you're going to explode Valentine's Day all over this guy.
0: You know what though, people, I think the misconception, I should not even say it's a misconception. The brand that I purposefully have created for myself is kind of not <laughs> an accurate read on me because it seems like I'm so like, tough and not loving and whenever I post something that seems tender or wholesome online and I actually mean it people legitimately yeah. get in my DMs like who hacked you is this like a joke where's the satire yes, I do. and yes. people don't know that like I actually am it's just kind of a persona but I'm not like mean and I do love love and relationships and if like for example I love giving gifts I love making gifts for people and if for Valentine's Day I would go all out I'd make him a playlist I'd do all kinds of cute shit like that. I'm totally romantic. I, miss, I love that.
1: I love, I miss playlists. I should get back into making playlists again. Um, it is one of those things too, is social media. I feel like we still haven't really caught on to the fact that um, social media us is not usually sometimes the full, the full 360 us, you know, it's right. like, I'll go really hard on a meme about a Bravo celebrity that can be like right. cutting, but I also think there's humor in it. And then, right. you know, you'll hear me on the podcast and I'll be like, I think, I'm thinking about giving up again. I just, I don't even going to move <laughs> back in with the folks. I don't, you right. know, they're like, what happened to that mean dude on Instagram? And I'm like, you don't get it. Like th- there's a sickness right. in me. And that is a facet of me that I get to have that itch scratched through social media, but that right. that's not, The full me. And it's well, it's both of you to
0: assume that people understand the concept of being multifaceted when you're an internet personality or a podcast audio personality. They don't get that people have multiple layers to themselves. We people are by nature hypocritical. We can like something and hate it at the same time or at different times. And I think that sometimes when I like address things, people will say, like, wait, but you already said that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I first of all, I can change my mind and I am a (laughs) whole human being. And this, that you see this, like, you know, these five videos that I posted this week are not like the only thing happening in my life. And I'm (laughs) multi-layered. So I think that people just assume, and that's fine. It means that I'm like, I have a very clear brand. So I like that, but I think people just assume that I'm not like sweet and I can't appreciate nice, cute, romantic things happening in the world. And I just like scoff at everything, which is, not would not make me a very fun person to be around and i would not have friends so i can't be that way
1: (laughs) in terms of pop culture though what does give you that sweet sicky feeling right now like what does what what uh, can you think of anything in pop culture right now where you're like oh i like that
0: oh that's so awkward because immediately everything left my brain no i can't (laughs) no i mean well the only reason i say this is happy oh no go ahead what does no, make me happy just, is that MGK and Megan Fox finally broke up. That makes me feel warm and pleasant. okay.
1: I'm so glad because <laughs> this was one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about. So I was telling the audience on Monday Super Bowl weekend we supposedly got this breakup of M Machine Gun Kelly. God, that's why I always say Machine Gun. Are people like Mr. Kelly and he's like, no, please call me Machine Gun. Like it is such a ridiculous. Uh, and Megan Fox supposedly broke up. Megan Fox then went on Instagram, posted these things, and and if you read in the background of one, it was talking about abuse. It was talking about um, women getting abused. Uh, and then she deleted her account after she had only followed uh, three people: Harry Styles, uh, Eminem, and uh, 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 Timothy Chalamet, who I guess are all people Machine Gun Kelly doesn't like. Which I'm like, wow, Machine Gun Kelly has an opinion on Timothy Chalamet. She then deleted her account and then we get photos. This is gonna, I'm gonna break some bad news to you. We get photos Mm -hmm. today, the daily mail published of them leaving a counselor's office yesterday. (laughs) Like a a marriage counselor's office.
0: Have you ever heard of a more stage paparazzi shoot in your life? How much do you think MGK's people paid Megan's people to make her stand outside that counselor's office? I like, come on, could it be people are so naive when it comes to like, oh, but we saw them out like how do you think the paparazzi found them? People call the camera people. It's Get all out. curated. And I just don't, you would know better than I, how they do this whole thing and what that means. But like, I'm just such a big, I have my, I had until this week, my own Snapchat show where I talk about pop culture, which is ironic. Cause I don't know a lot about it, but I would try. <laughs> and I think that's why people liked it was because I was like learning along with them. But I, my yeah. whole point that I was just like really driving into the ground was a lot of this isn't real and the the way that we think about these people and the information that we know celebrities with this much money and power can hide so much and if you want to be in private it is very possible to a certain degree to have a private life so if we're seeing pictures of somebody for instance walking out of a counseling center after this really enormous huge breakup that's making headlines to assume that this was organic and to assume that this is real (laughs) would just be so beyond naive to me that it's almost like get a grip. Like, of course, like we are not, we are being told a story. It's It's storytelling through paparazzi photos. You know what I mean?
1: I do like the thought though of paparazzi going like, yo, uh, Tommy, I was just hanging out outside this counselor's office <laughs> right. randomly and I had all my equipment and then all of a sudden, you're not going to believe who I saw. Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly with one of his fucking stupid furry hats walks out with none other than Megan Fox and I was able to capture the moment. Long lens, it's grainy, right. but I got it, I got it. And that's why the funny thing is to me is like even historically with paparazzi shots, we it was a little bit different in the uh, early aughts because you literally had paparazzi just, following and chasing people like Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, they were actively chasing these people. But when you're going to say like a Walgreens or something like that, paparazzi aren't second guessing of like, I have a feeling uh, Kim Kardashian (laughs) is going to go to a Walgreens today. And they're not, you know, it's like not that plotted out. So these things are usually called in by somebody. I'm always just curious of like, this is where I think the real story is, is like, let us in on the inner workings of this. Like, I want the documentary of them going to Megan and going, would you be up for a paparazzi shot that we can sell to people about right. kind of soft launching maybe the return of your Instagram and your relationship? Like, what is the conversation that goes on? How aware are right. they of this?
0: I. That's why I say I feel like it was MGK's people's idea. They had to convince Megan. Clearly, this woman you know, there's a lot to be said about this, but there, there was abuse. There was something bad that happened and it That's wasn't just a breakup, duh. And she's going to talk had about it. At this. Right, and then his people were like, let's save face. Let's, let's get her to agree to take a photo of him with him outside of the um, counseling center and make it look like they could possibly reconcile. Because if it seems like, if she just cut him off right away with this mention of abuse, and it's very cryptic, um it seems like he there is no opportunity for reconciliation then it makes him like whatever he did was really 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 bad whereas if you see them the following week or day working it out, talking to each other, you are forced to think then what? whatever he did was probably not that serious. And she kind of exaggerated if she's willing to talk to him the same week, which honestly makes me so mad because there are actual (laughs) victims of serious abuse, which I'm not denying that she is. And the fact that she was down to take this photo outside of this counseling center and tell the world she is open to reconciling with him after telling them that she is an abuser is like- it makes people think that she was exaggerating what she said about him being an abuser. And therefore it makes people think that women do that a lot. They post to their Instagram. It slowly, it slowly chips lying. away
1: at the credit. Yeah, it slowly chips away at this credibility of women. And right. already we come at women in such this like insane way. You know, right. I always say like, it's insane. I mean, this truly is a man dominated world. And we still find these ways to kind of put this, assert this power over women that I'm like, this is just wild because every time a woman steps up, there's other people that are gonna like, well, this is the reason right. why that doesn't work. This is, and I don't know if you watched that Pamela Anderson documentary that just came out on Netflix mm-hmm, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. But I think it's interesting because we always compare, or you know, I think Machine Gun Kelly's people put this out there of like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee of today. And the difference, there's a lot of differences there in many ways. Uh, but one of the big ones that I thought. Pamela Anderson didn't get enough credit for, but this documentary really shines a light on it is that once Tommy Lee abused her in a physical way, she was out. She did not come back. Tommy Lee actually got charges pressed against him. She loved Tommy Lee still. It also like was saying like, it doesn't mean you don't love somebody that abused you, but she wasn't going to have herself or her kids in there. And she Mm -hmm. was very hardcore about it and saying she still loves Tommy Lee. But this is like what you're saying of like, well, if machine, if Megan Kelly, sorry, Megan Kelly, God, Megan Fox (laughs) does go back. You know, it does kind of muddy these waters, but the psychological toll of any relationship celebrity or not is just a mess. And then I was always, sorry, I'm b- babbling, but Megan Fox no. also is her career. Like machine gun Kelly has all of these fans that love his music. I'm not one of them, but I know they're a huge fan base. And I know that's gotta be scary too. Cause Megan's like, well, what do I go do? Do I go to another transformers movie? Like, do right. I go, you know, I'm all of a sudden known as being machine gun Kelly's arm candy and, and she's getting more compliments for her looks and style than she ever has in her career. And that's right. gotta be a really scary place to be as well.
0: Right. It was a huge boost for her. And I'm not saying that her reconciling it with him is the reason that we can't take like abuse survivors, possibly like her seriously. I don't think the problem is necessarily that she's going to go back to him because we see this all the time. People go back just like Pamela saying that she still loves him. People still hold love for their abusers. People still go back to them all the time. It's a cycle, right? That wouldn't be the thing that I have a problem with. It's the fact that she posted about it, took it back. And then was seen with him days later, the entire thing, the trajectory of this being so tight and so, so close together, it's like it gives people a reason to say next time a girl posts online that the guy is an abuser and is is essentially seeking out, reaching out for help, reaching out for voices to hear her when she calls him this heavy accusation. People don't take it seriously and they say, well, Megan Fox was with him at the counseling center the next day and then she took down the post. So why would I believe you? Like, you're just overusing this term. You're throwing it around like it's nothing. And to me, it's like, why couldn't she have just kept it up? Why couldn't she have waited a little while before she was seen in public with him? Like, why did this not the term abuse carry more weight when she used it why did it have to be within a week she took it back you know what i mean i'm not saying she's taking it back i don't know nearly enough but
1: i I know know enough about about pop pop culture we know enough about pop culture though that these things do happen there is a There is a a kind of a battle plan these people use in terms of like, okay, Machine Gun Kelly took a potential hit this weekend and rumors about him in the Instagram post. So how do we write this ship for Machine Gun? How do we write this ship where we can put some doubt in there? And I I mean, I was kind of just bummed to see that. Also, I think, you know, it brings up a larger conversation about celebrities in general. And one, this is how I found you. and, And I was talking about her again yesterday which is so funny cuz it just opens so many people to have their opinions on your opinion and it's like this weird cycle and I understand mm-hmm. how um inception this could all possibly be in meta right. but beth bethany flippin frankel i <laughs> have always thought really good housewife. There have been seasons I didn't like her, but uh, seasons where I'm like, knocked it out of the park. And the thing that I loved about Bethany Frankel was here is somebody that took a product, skinny girl, not even that great of a product, let's be honest, but really, really pushed, like really made that brand something. And we saw it on housewives and she did, she exploded. She was able to sell this, I think to Seagram's multi, multi, multi million dollars. I mean, you're like, holy shit, she is a mogul. And then on top of that, another compliment to her, her Relief efforts for uh other countries, things like I mean, she got things done. I mean, she was right. real, I mean, just truly amazing in terms of that. But what really saddens me is that she then for me ruins it in one fail swoop by wanting so much more, by wanting to be us, by wanting to give her shitty opinions about every pop culture story there is. Right. And it makes being a celebrity and being rich look like it's miserable. Right. What are your thoughts? Because you went off a while back and I'm not sure exactly which Bethany thing it was, but you were like, shut
0: right. the F up. Right, I'm just so done with her. Well, here, you said an interesting thing, which is that she wants to give her opinions on everything and be us and talk about every aspect of pop culture. And I disagree in the sense that I don't think she's giving her opinion on everything. That would be one thing. She's giving her opinion on black women. That's like literally it. Oh. She, has an, she only has a hot, hot, hot take. She only wants to be the contrarian or what she thinks is a contrarian when it's really not a new opinion when it comes to Meghan Markle, Rihanna, honestly, any woman that's younger than her and in the spotlight and particularly women of color. I just think that she has such a clear vendetta. And at this point, it's like, she must just be doing it for attention because nothing else is going on for her, but it does ruin it for me. And I think that in my initial video, the thing that she blocked me for, which was me, she had just been popping up on my for you page all the time, which is odd considering you didn't follow her. I don't give a shit who she is. And and that's not to say everything that you just said is not true about her. I did my research. I know that she's great. All of my friends, I'm the odd one out. All of my friends are very familiar with her and have watched all of the shows that she's appeared on and whatever. And they all texted me and were like, careful. She's the best one. We like her. And I'm like, I believe you. As I said at the beginning of this recording, people are multifaceted. She could do a lot of things right and also do a lot of things wrong. Also, a lot of people do wonderful things, donate to charities, have a really wonderful legacy when it comes to money, but they're shitty people. And that's totally fine. And I don't think that everyone needs to be held to a perfect standard. All of that being said, she's a bitch. She's just literally (laughs) such a cunt. (laughs) Like, I just don't get why it has to be like, what is your vendetta against... My whole thing, the video that she blocked me for was me saying this woman has showed up on my free page like 10 times this week and I'm not like a Bravo person. So I don't know why she's coming up. The only thing I ever see about her these days is that she's criticizing other young women and it really comes off as that she's bitter. She's older and she's bitter and she doesn't want to throw the rope back to people. She knows very well what it's like to be in a position similar to Meghan Markle and that she's been in the public eye. She's been under a lot of scrutiny. She's dealt with fake stories swirling around about her. She's dealt with people hating her for no reason. Other than that, she's in a position where she shouldn't be. I know that she was the one who didn't start out mega rich like all the other housewives. I know yeah. that about her. So it's like, why can you not take all of that and turn it into compassion and turn it into use your platform to say something encouraging about this woman and say, you know, I really do like, if she really, what is her problem? I just think that hating Meghan Markle is so pointless. The girl isn't necessarily a person that I feel is that interesting. I wouldn't listen to her podcast. I think that she's kind of just like funny to watch. Cause I don't think that she's a great personality. I think that sometimes talking she tries really, Meghan, right? I'm talking about Meghan Markle. Yeah. yeah. I just think that she's a little bit like, you know what I mean. I yeah. I don't think that she's like fun to watch. Well, yeah. But like, why? do you I mean, speaking of
1: the the Megan documentary, uh, the, Megan, the real just quick uh, throwaway is the Megan thing. I, I've watched the documentary. I've like watched all the interviews that that have been put out. The thing about Megan is just very different than me. Is she's somebody I meet a lot of actors out in Los Angeles, and I, I have been one in the past. But she, you know, you you'd stumble upon that actor that would be very like she'd be like love. Oh, love, come look at the private beach. My love, right. you know, it's like the people that are like, my love, my love. And right. it's like a certain type, you know, and right. it's, I appreciate it, but it's you exactly.
0: Know. And I don't hate her. It's just, she's not my type of person. She's not, it's not a person whose content I'm looking to consume. I yeah. don't love her, but why would you hate her? And if we really look at the root of that. It's because she's a black woman in a place where black women traditionally were not. And a lot of people still see as they shouldn't be. Therefore, they will look for any reason to. I think that hating Meghan Markle is really, really comes down to there's no other reason other than deep down. And that's, you know, if you initially feel that way, you have to really look inward. This is where the whole thing comes about checking yourself, checking your privilege, having difficult conversations that we were talking about back in 2020, right? This is the difficult conversation is looking at yourself and thinking, why do I hate Meghan Markle? Is this something I need to work on within myself as a white person? And for Bethany to still not fucking get this and to not want to listen to people, to not want to throw the bro back to other young, successful women and just keep marketing herself as bitter and only ever has something to say about younger, black, successful billionaire women. You just, see, it doesn't make her look good. She just sounds jealous. She just sounds bitter. It makes other older women in the spotlight look awful because she gives us this, this uh this stereotype of like older women who are past their prime in in the entertainment industry are always bitter towards younger women they never want to help they're <laughs> always angry it's just like stop perpetuating this woman cycle of like you get older you're out of the spotlight and you have to be mean to the younger person just say something nice like i just don't get it or keep your mouth shut just shut up well, yeah, i mean that
1: well but see that's the thing is that she can't keep her mouth shut and that's why i think there's a There's something that will be studied one day. And I think there's a dangerous thing in terms of pop culture. Recently, we've switched from wanting to be liked. And I think now it's like, I don't care if you love or hate me as long as you're talking about me. And I think Bethany now is firmly, even with the most recent Rihanna video, which I was talking about yesterday and and I posted on Instagram and I got a lot of interesting comments about was that... um, you know, Bethany, if Beyonce made a video about Rihanna, I'd be like, "Well, this is interesting. I'd love to hear what Beyonce says." Right, you know, Beyonce's played right. at the Super Bowl and she's also a really amazing performer, so I'd love to hear that. But right. Bethany Frankel, like, I mean, like Bethany Frankel, to be like, "You know what? It was okay. It was okay. Right. I'll tell you that. You know, it's not pink. Pink will jam herself around a stadium and she'll do flips and I shall breathe fire out of her butt. Pink." And I'm like, first <laughs> off, why would you pit?" pit two pop artists against each other. And secondly, if you don't recognize the difference between Pink and Rihanna, I don't know what to tell you. I don't dislike Pink at all, but there's just difference. So you can't compare them just because they're two women that do song music. Like this is ridiculous. And if anybody out there... Like, you just know Bethany doesn't listen to Rihanna's albums or really ever kind mm-hmm. of paid attention to her performing. Because if anybody went into that Super Bowl thinking, I'm going to see Rihanna do eight flips in a row, I'm going to see her, like, even if she wasn't carrying a child, Rihanna is like laid back. She's cool. She's like, I did not expect, I, that's why I didn't, that's why I liked it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of what I expected. Right. I didn't, the baby thing was fine. But to hear then Bethany Frankel tell us, you know, I just thought I was like, wow, this is so unnecessary. And I almost think she's courting that negative attention now.
0: Right. Exactly. It's just, if you're going to comment on something, do a little bit of research and have like a smart, and I, the fact that she thinks that she has a nuanced, new, interesting opinion to offer when it's really just not researched. It's so dumb. It's just not smart, right? Everything you said is correct about anybody who knows how could you compare Pink and Rihanna? First of all, what generation are you it's in? Funny. And when was the last time yeah. I heard somebody mention Pink? To age yourself without aging yourself, honestly. But by the but way, like all- I'm not even like wanting,
1: like I appreciate Pink's performance skills. Like, right. I don't even like, I, I there was like once uh, there's a couple of Pink songs I really uh, have dug in the past, Like, but it just, I don't compare them in any sort of category.
0: Why would you? They're completely different. And it's just like, I, why was this a comparison? I myself said, people asked, did you like the Rihanna Super Bowl? I said, yes, it was great. It was exactly what I expected from Rihanna and more. It was very impressive that she did it pregnant. I don't know what else we wanted from her, but for me personally, I can say for my own personal opinion, I like Super Bowl shows better when there's like a band. I like the Bruce Springsteen U2 yes, yeah, yeah. situation. That's yeah. what I like. So was I up there dancing around singing? No, not really, but I, can I say yes? This was the perfect performance for Rihanna. It is exactly what we were told we were going to get and yeah. more. Yes, it, that's like literally it. And you didn't have to like it. I'm not a person who's a fanatic and I didn't say that it was amazing. And I still can give her her flowers and have this layered opinion about it. You know what I mean? But this is 13
1: minutes. 13 minutes of a show right. and then we all i mean not even just bethany we all like went in on it on the internet good or bad and that's what i just kind of find it weird and that's the bummer about the social media age for me is that we all then have an opinion and it goes from like like tell you, is it true did you did you pay to have rihanna play at the super bowl did you pay
0: that, <laughs> did you, I pay it? You did.
1: What? Did you? Are you the one that paid Brianna to do this? No, I? I certainly okay, did so you're, not. No, <laughs> are you telling me you you watched that for free? You got to watch oh, that 15 minutes for free? That's wow! Right. So you got that for free, and then I, that's why I'm like, we all watched a free show. Right. We watched all those commercials, but we watched it mainly for free, mm-hmm. and then we still are like, you know what? It didn't do it. She needed she. You know what she needed? She needed guests. She needed more people to come right. out and take some of that 13 minutes. And then people were like, "Well, I like when there's guests." And I'm like, "Okay, but let's go look at the other Super Bowls. Right. I mean, Bruce Springsteen didn't have a guest. Um, you know, right. like there pl- Prince didn't have a guest, and that's okay. But what are we then setting up future Super Bowl performers and super uh, Super Bowl performers that are women? What are we setting them up to like do? Of like. If somebody now is a female performing at the Super Bowl and reading any of the discourse of like, oh shit, I gotta have a baby next time. I also gotta do like, I gotta do, I gotta fly. I gotta like, they're gonna be like, right. there's no way to please everybody at all.
0: Right. I don't know how anybody's gonna follow this. Every year I say that, but I mean, Pink. I don't I think pink's the only way to go. <laughs> Pink is the only way to go. That would be so good. Oh my God. Bethany's head would spin off. Bethany's I just don't... like, Exactly. And she'd probably saw have something to say after that. That's it. I mean, she, I just don't get why somebody can call themselves like the arbiter of truth and the one who's going to say what everybody's thinking and the most opinionated and the best at expressing her opinion when it's like, she's like, her whole brand now is like, you know, I'm right. And it's like, you gave the least educated most 60 year old woman take on this whole thing. It is so out of touch. It is so not researched. It's just like, you don't know the difference between Brianna and pink. You're comparing the two most random people. And this is your opinion. And you're calling yourself like the chief opinion giver. No, like you, I don't know why this but also- is your brand
1: tell you the the great thing too is that like i always say like we all are able to have our own opinions and like i respect the people that are like oh yeah i i just didn't it didn't i didn't like rihanna it was like "Eh, as okay like i'm fine with that like have like have that opinion but then to go on and go this is what it is folks this is what it is and then on top of that you guys if you don't follow her on tiktok or you know a lot of people don't but if you're not on tiktok either is that it's not only that for me it's like then she co-ops trying to do makeup tutorials and doing makeup reviews. She was trying to get jump on the caviar thing for a second when caviar blew up on TikTok. And it's Mm -hmm. always like that co-opting everybody else's, like what's working. And I know that's her master business plan as a business person, but it sometimes then just rings hollow and it sucks the joy out of it. But can I ask you of somebody that, you've really found an audience on TikTok and people actually do hang on a lot of your opinions and things like that. What does that feel like? And when did you, does that mess with you in any sort of way of like, oh, I've got to say something really profound about something or like, why do people like me? Does that ever mess with you?
0: It does. And I should really go to therapy because I'm trying to figure out like sometimes some days it really, I, I say all the time, like, no, I, I don't have a hard time handling, you know, a million people. It doesn't feel like a lot of people to me. It doesn't feel like it's real people. First of all, if I'm performing yeah. in front of a stage of 15, like doing stand up or something, I am actually losing my mind. Whereas I talk to a million people every day. And that does not feel weird for me at all. Cause it feels like little fake numbers. They're not people. So I feel like I'm fine. And it's not messing with me in any way. And then some days I'll notice that, you know, I can't keep my room clean and I'm kind of having a bit of a mental breakdown and my temper is very short and I'm eating and not sleeping well. And I just like, everything is kind of like, oh, you're really sick. And I am like, maybe it's because I talk to a million people every day and try to please them. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm sure. I So I know for a fact that it is fucking with me. Do I know exactly what it is? Not really. I do. One thing that I don't um, have a problem with is feeling the need anymore to have an opinion on every single thing. Um, I don't think a lesson I learned. Um, in like middle or high school, because I've always had this personality. I've always wanted to like like assert my opinion on everything all the time. And a lesson that I learned in high school that was very important for me that I always remind myself on the daily is like, you don't need to have an opinion on everything. It's not um, helpful a lot of the time. It's not beneficial. And sometimes it's even offensive in that it takes away from other people's opinions who are a lot more educated than you. So sometimes sit back and shut up. And that's something that now it's like, no. So I don't feel the need to come up with something profound about everything. When it comes, to things that are specifically on tiktok the comments that i get from men things that have to do with women or other things like judaism stuff like that um i really do struggle with like you don't have to fight them all you're not going to prove your point to every single one of these people but when it comes to pop culture i really don't feel like i need to speak on everything but yeah
1: i mean with with pop i mean that's what i'm saying like i i I don't, I'm trying to, I try to make a habit of not hating people in my real life, but I always save that for pop culture. I'm like, I'll be able to have strong opinions and I will throw, we'll see, like, I don't want to, like, I want to be able to love the people that are in my life, but like, Mm -hmm. I will lash out at people like Jax Taylor on Vanderpump Rules or I'll lash out at Lisa Rinna on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, because like I'm like okay, this is when I'll let a rip. And it, by the way, I'm not saying that's healthy or the right way to go. It's probably right. the wrong way to go. How are you different? You do the opposite.
0: I don't. I I well, I would hope I don't lash out at the people that are actually like my friends and my family. I don't <laughs> know if my, parent, my Get parents. My parents like Valentine's Day. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll bring a bat for the pinata. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I don't. um. I, I, I like to think hopefully I don't take out anger on my friends and family, like since puberty, I'm sure my parents would disagree. But I do think that I take out my frustration and like my attitude towards, I don't know, whatever um, torment that I'm experiencing deep down in my subconscious because of my job. It does come out in ways where like, I'm behind somebody in line at the grocery store and I have never felt more violent in my life at the person who's taking forever in front of me. I I truly do think that I have anger issues, but I pride myself on this. You will never, ever catch me being rude to a waiter, being rude to a stranger in public. I have a lot of patience when the words are coming out of my mouth, but inside I do have a certain anger. And I think it's because of all that I bottle up from, you know, my new job, like uh, of what I'm dealing with, with this for the last year and a half, I think that I do have internal anger where like, you know, I'm getting off the subway behind people and they're on their phones, on the stairs. And every single piece of me wants to scream like, no, no, no. Take your time, asshole. Take your time. <laughs> I'm like truly, really mean uh, internally, um, uh, which I didn't used to be, but it, I think it's just my because car. I've lost a lot of hope in people. <laughs> I really
1: have, <laughs> by the way, uh, and you know, we want to leave you with something positive today. So I hope that's it. Uh, no, we're not, we're not done yet, but I, I, I I'm like that. I'm with that in my car. Like I am, mm-hmm. if you could put a GoPro or just like a, a mic on me, I'm just like, oh, sh- oh we're, we're dry- We're adults. Now we drive. That's what we do. Right. We drive. Like I right. am the person that I don't think I, but I turn into that person in my car. The other thing I do, or I don't do that I'm Joe so jealous or I'm like, skeptical when people will tell me they're like, Oh yeah, I was at the grocery store. I was talking to this really nice cashier. And I'm like, you talk to your cashier? Like I so strongly avoid talking to anybody that Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I will, I will, I will keep my head down. Or even when I did work out at a gym with other people, you know, uh, girls would be like, Oh my God, I got hit on at the gym. And I'm like, Guys are talking to you at the gym. Like I keep my head down. I sweat in one place and I'm not like looking up. I don't want to make eye contact with anyone. I'm sad to be there already. And I would have all these people that would go out and just like meet people in their daily lives. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? That sounds miserable to me. I'm so scared of that.
0: Right. I have to be in such a mood. Maybe when I'm drunk on like a Saturday, I'm I'm really chatty at the bar or something in a social thing, but it's different. No, I, I have no interest in making conversation with the Trader Joe's cashier. And a lot of people like tweet like, oh, the Trader Joe's people are so friendly. They always ask. I'm like, shut the fuck yes. up. Stop asking me about my day. I don't want to flirt. I don't want to talk. I want to go. And even though I'm vaccinated and nobody's wearing a mask to wear a mask outside ever since the beginning of this, I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? We're outside. I wear a mask outside now all the time. Cause I don't want anybody coming up to me and saying, I yeah. love you on TikTok. Get the fuck away from me. If you do it, I'll be so fucking nice that you feel guilty walking away. I will literally ask for your name and your job and tell you how much I appreciate you. But I really, the moments that you are walking up to me, I'm thinking, please don't come here. Please don't come here. Please don't come here. <laughs> but inside it's like, <laughs> get away from me. I don't want to well, talk
1: it's, it's a deeper psychological thing. Like that. I do have to face in therapy at a point. Cause it's like, I mean, with social media, like guys, I wasn't raised. I I mean, I would talk to maybe six or seven people in my daily life. And now between social media podcasts, I mean, I talk to tens of thousands of people a day and right. that is mind boggling. And then for somebody that's always been wildly insecure. And you guys are like, when I get compliments, I don't know how to take them. Like I mm. don't, it, there is something so weird in me where I still am sitting on a stack of cards written to me that I can't open because I am so nervous for people no. to say nice things about like, no, it's, it's really, I'm talking, this is just you like a real, I know, but, and that's what I say. It's so rude to them. And it's so rude. Cause I do care a lot. I just don't know how to deal with people. Anyways, that's too heavy for you. What is your your morning? What what is your morning routine? I was just thinking about this because I was I'm I need to switch up my morning routine. How do you get going in the morning? Do you have (laughs) I was just watching uh or Carl Radke on Summer House was talking about his morning routine on Bravo. Mm -hmm. Do you have a morning routine? I know this is Um
0: No, because I wake up at like noon. I miss the entire morning. I famously don't do the morning and um I still have an afternoon routine. Yes, I
1: do. Uh, Speaking of routines, now is a time for our sponsor, which I hope you can incorporate into your day-to-day routine, you guys. Uh, our, our, Our sponsor this week is our friends over at Factor. This is a food delivery service that is just has been perfect for me. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple examples of why. Because, I mean, it's healthy, it's nutritional, and also it's already pre-cooked. I just have to put it in a microwave. Um, I want to tell you something. When I started this new year, uh, we all always have like goals for ourselves, right? Uh, If you just listened to even the show most recently this past week, I was talking about my struggles right now with my weight. Uh, I'm working out. And I was talking to my, my trainer, which I'm lucky enough to have a trainer, but we were talking about nutrition goals. And it's so funny because, um, I said, listen, I don't think I'm eating correctly. I think, um, I, I need somebody to take this, uh, the, the guessing game out of this for me. I just need something that I can like put in there that I know this is good for me. And this is the right amount of calories and n- nutrition and stuff like that. And I, I'm not even kidding when he recommended factor and I was like, Oh dude, that is hysterical because they are going to be one of my sponsors. And he was like, no way. Um, so the other story I wanted to tell about factor really quick is that I did get to try them a month ago when I was at my parents' place and we ordered a bunch of keto meals from them, which they had tons of meals, but my mom, you know, like it was perfect because my mom was going through her first round of chemo and we were all able to eat the meals that they get. And it was like this nice, warm, prepared meal that we were all able to enjoy. Um, Unfortunately, I had to share with my parents, so they got me off my nutrition plan. So I'm actually buying this with my own, uh, my own moolah, because it is kind of perfect for what I'm trying to do with my health goals now. Uh, but Factor is there to help you achieve every one of them. You can fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving your time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. You can get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. A lot of us are too busy to cook. And with Factor, you skip that trip to the grocery store, you skip the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up. Uh, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. Two minutes. So all you have to do is just heat and enjoy. And this doesn't even matter what kind of lifestyle you have. Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live it to the fullest. They got keto. They got calorie smart. They got vegan plus veggie. And they also have protein plus options on the menu each week. Now, each week, you can go and they'll kind of map out the whole month of what they have. These are some of the things that you can choose from. You got sun-dried tomato chicken with zucchini noodles, which is keto and protein plus. You got ranch-baked chicken with cheesy broccoli, rice, and roasted mushrooms. That's keto and protein plus. You got black pepper and sage pork chop with smoked cheddar Brussels sprouts and creamy broccoli, which is also keto and protein plus. Uh, You got creamy Parmesan chicken with broccoli and tomatoes. These are all different options. And guess what? It changes each week. So there's always something new and exciting to look forward to. Like I'm already looking into March and they got turkey, chili, and zucchini. Uh, They got jalapeno, lime, cheddar, chicken. I mean, it really is cool and so many options so you don't get bored with what you eat. There's 34 chef-prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. So there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out these meals, which is so cool. You can round them out with like an assortment of 36 plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and like satisfying add-ons like that. And you can cut back on the takeout, so that saves money there. You just get factor instead. It's cheaper than takeout. So you eat vegan or veggie, it's a snap. Each meal, like I said, prepared by chefs and dietitians. So get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals, enjoy fresh, flavor packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So here is the deal head to FactorMeals.com. That's F A C T O R M E A L S.com slash so bad 50. And use code SOBAD5050 to get 50% off your first box. That's code SOBAD50 at factormeals.com SOBAD50 to get 50% off your first box. I mean, that's, it's worth trying it and seeing if it, listen, I don't like, I wish everything was free. I wish my trainer was free, but it's like, sometimes I have to actually invest in things that are, that are going to help me in the long run, if that makes sense. So why not give it a shot? I know I am giving it a shot. So let me know if you do too. Um, And we, we can be factor friends. (laughs) Okay. You guys. Oh, also, I'll put all that information in the show notes as well. So you can hit the link in there, too, if you forget what I said right here.
0: I stay up to like 4 a.m. every single night, especially in New York. And right now, because of the time difference, I'm on a what people would probably consider a very normal sleep routine because I'm three hours ahead. Um, But when I go back, I will stay on the L.A. time and go to sleep, wake up at like 11 and go to sleep at 4 a.m. This is what I've always done. It's like kind of my lifestyle. And luckily. I have chosen and found success in a career path that allows me to do so. And I pray to God every day that I. it's the only thing I want in life is to not have to wake up early. That's my joy. So my routine is on a perfect day, the ideal day, Um, I would get up at around nine or 10 and I would immediately film my Snapchat show and then upload it. Um, that is where I talk about again pop culture that I know know nothing about, um, and I send it over to the editors who do a great job making me seem polished and like I know what I'm doing. Um, then I go out and get coffee and like a bagel or something or an egg something because I do not cook. I don't like making my own food. Um, like I literally I live like a like a like I don't know the probably the way that these like Twitch streamers live like these gamers like people make I make fun of incels all day long, but I totally live like one in terms of lifestyle. I just don't, hate <laughs> but I am like that. Like I do. People are always like knocking the guys that I talk about. Like I'll, I'll make fun of these misogynistic men and all the people in the comments are like, Oh, what a miserable guy. He probably like doesn't shower for a week straight, wakes up at noon, plays video games all day. And I'm like, don't knock that. Okay. We're not talking about that part. We're talking about the hatefulness. <laughs> that part is fine that he does all that. Okay. Cause that's me. I, <laughs> Not big on showering, not big on all that stuff. But no, I usually um, after the Snapchat show, whatever, I'll have an on any given day, a number of emails, of course, to answer, maybe a podcast to record, maybe a meeting to have with my manager with the new uh, building this new podcast that I'm doing Then I focus on really making content. And sometimes that looks like I'll write for a couple of hours. I really want to try this year. I'm trying to write pilots, write TV shows. And that's what I was going to ask.
1: Like, I feel like that's a natural uh, evolution of what you do already, because, you know, I've grown up being an actor and it's like all about, you know, your opinion on things. It's point of view and it's context and all of your stuff lends to that so uh, beautifully already. I feel like that's what I was going to ask if that is where this next phase is headed. And and in terms of content, I know we're both Seinfeld fans, but Seinfeld was always like, what you got to do? You got to write at least 15 <laughs> minutes a day. You got to make right. yourself do it. you know? Right. Uh, do you make yourself do it every day?
0: No, but I like to think that because I am trying to at least film a TikTok or put some sort of content That's out something. there or yeah. archive bank certain content once a day, at least I'm sitting down For a number of hours a day, or maybe often that looks like walking around. You see a lot of my videos, I'm walking. Um, I love to take long walks. I love to walk around. That's kind of my therapeutic piece. And it's also my exercise. It's like the only thing that I do in life, actually. So I walk around and I will spend a number of hours just coming up with creative things, whether that be working on like sort of a new pitch thing that I want to do, like a docuseries type of thing that I like to see happening in the next year, or working on this pilot that I'm trying to write, or making TikTok videos. I like to dedicate multiple hours a day. The writing is a lot harder to discipline myself to do and oftentimes when I don't want to do that, I will make a bunch of TikToks and think, "Oh, well, I've completed my creative outlet. Um, my 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 things that I needed to complete for the day. I've made my my enough content even though it's so much easier than writing. But yeah, I, I like to think that I'm every day, you know, my version of work is I just juice my creative brain yeah. and come up with something or do, you, do you have
1: 15 20 more minutes do you have 15 20 yes. more minutes or are you yeah. okay okay um this is going so fast um i wanted to then know in terms of writing and learning to write and uh, you know there's a whole like pilots you guys and you got to have your spec scripts and spec scripts are usually like when you write uh, you know a community pilot or i don't even know right. what spec scripts they're writing now or what shows because right. everything's so much bigger than it used to be in terms of like everybody has a network now um, right. what are the shows that you have loved that you learn from in terms of your writing, or even in just your comedic voice and sharpening that.
0: I think that everything in my voice comes back to Larry David in some way, some form. I know that's like a heavy thing and I'm not comparing myself to him or saying that I am. I, I There's any part of me that was that is similar to him because I know that that is such a tall um, order to give myself. Like you just can't say that. Anybody who compares themselves to Larry David is insane. But I do think that he is everything that... I aspire to be in terms of my voice and like he really does the yeah. way that I think and see the world I think is was heavily influenced because I watch a lot of Seinfeld and Larry um and on Curb but um so I think that whatever I put into the world will always have that little bit of um that perspective like that voice that yeah. sort of pessimistic you know what I mean um but I do when I see myself like if I'm writing a show now I was really inspired if we're talking recently by the show Dave have you seen that show
1: yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. FX show, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the rapper, uh, and, right. uh, they're on the third season now, I think.
0: Yes. I think they're coming out with third season. I was always a huge little Dickie fan almost to like, probably a stalkerish degree. Like he should get a restraining order. I was really like, especially through college, like there is not a single connection I haven't used to try and get myself a date with little Dickie. And he's probably gotten like 10 texts from different people saying, Hey, do you know this girl Talia? I just met her and she really wants to meet you. So he's probably terrified of me. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like not legal for me to go near him. But I realized later on, while I still am in love with him, I more so like was very deeply touched by who he was and inspired by him and his trajectory of like how he started he didn't he didn't like doing stand up and whatever he wanted a unique way into the comedy world and his way was rap mine is going to be tiktok obviously and then he managed to build this following and then the next step for him was to come up with this brilliant fx show which i don't know why it hasn't been nominated i think it really it's is fantastic. guys
1: it's you, the little dicky, like just like I didn't know little Dick. I mean, little dicky. I'd always see the name, and that would like put me off for some reason. I'd be like, oh man, I just <laughs> don't like little. I just don't like rappers with little already. I'm right. like out on. But then right. I watched the show, and I was like, oh, this is actually a very unique co- comedic voice, and right. he's doing some like he's talking about his life, but it's like you know in a very. It's just another thing where it's like, oh, this dude has a point of view. You know it immediately. You also know that this is a character with heart. And I think a lot of people, myself included, weren't expecting it to be uh, just a really good show. I was, I was listening to James Burrows, who's like a famous TV director, did like Cheers, Will and Grace, Friends, and it, you know he was talking about you know just having that specific voice. And when you can really be truthful in that voice, comedy will always come from that. And it's really that unique person, like a little Dicky, that's like, okay, but this is different. He is different, but he's telling us his his truth and it's not in an exact, it's not in like a stepbrother's way, which is a certain kind of comedy. It's not, it's a very real, and I just didn't expect that, which was kind of refreshing. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, um, see,
0: you weren't paying attention. I expected exactly what this show was because I knew from his first music video that I ever saw. But see, I didn't ever watch it. I just you thought of his name. It. I was
1: like, ah, oh, gross.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I get it. I get it. He has a much younger audience as well, and mostly young guys. Like He was performing at colleges for the longest time, and that's how he built up his fan base. He's going around to frat houses around the country and performing there because these were the guys that resonated with his songs. It was sort of like fratty, boyish, stupid humor for a little bit, but then you really see as he got more like funding, he did a Kickstarter to get this thing off the ground. He was really, really a self-starter when it came to, he had this vision. He has these music videos that are just absolute art in my opinion and the lyrics are comedy it is poetry it is like coming coming up with a stand-up routine where you refine it and it hits all these certain points and it tells a story it is comedy and it's, I knew from the beginning, the first time I saw him, like this guy is, he has a genius aspect to him. He has a very unique and special point of view, and he's going to have a TV show that is really remembered and awesome. And I think that it should be nominated. And he still has to fight for
1: that. You guys, he still has to, like what I, what I admire about these people that you think, okay, FX show, this guy's living easy. Now he's had to fight for every season. Like I always pay attention to behind the scenes Mm -hmm. stuff, because that's where I think a lot of true warrior stories happen is that you still have to fight every day for your vision every day for FX to give you a cut of this show, a final cut of this show in terms of what you want to say. And that's why it's always good to support people that you truly love or try to find new things that you love. Um, Speaking of that, then what was the first thing as a kid that you were like, I think this is hysterical and this is something different than my friends don't find to say, like, what did you find as a kid that you kind of like, I want to do comedy. Was
0: it Larry David? It was nothing that I it has any like semblance to what I do now. Like it, it literally is, could not be further from my current taste in comedy, yeah. but it's, it's my taste, but it's not what I do. And it was Summer Heights High. Have you ever heard of this show?
1: Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I remember what, was, I, I mean. Like, that oh was my like God, Jemay man.
0: Oh, Jemay. Like this was truly the first time. I'm sure there were times before this, but this was the first time that I remember like dying, like laughing out loud and wanting to memorize every single character and every single line and joke and wanting to Chris, go to school with uh, Chris Lilly? Chris Lily Chris And Lilley? show yeah, everybody. I wanted to show everyone. And it was the first time that I remember showing people um, comedic material and them not liking it as much as I did yeah. and me being like yeah. hurt and sad and like feeling like, how could you not see that this is incredible? <laughs> and then I did that with little Dickie too. And all kinds of other things. What well, to this day, when I show, I showed a guy Seinfeld recently, I went on a couple of dates with this guy and I showed him Seinfeld and he didn't really like the episode that I showed him. Like he didn't laugh out Which loud episode? at it. Uh, the contest the best one and I specifically showed him that one he well, didn't love uh, he's it just, and, he's just
1: he's because he he's a chronic masturbator and he's scared there to you admit go. That he, he loved it yeah. yeah exactly
0: no it it was it was a huge red flag to me I was like I, I don't know if this is a person that I can connect with really long term because it's something that is like so the things that I find funny are so important and not everybody has to find them funny yeah. but you have to understand why I find them funny and I don't so when I say summer heights high obviously couldn't be further from what I do on TikTok and what I plan to do in my life, but it is, I wish that I could. The only thing I would love to be like on Saturday Night Live or something, but I can't do characters. I can't do impressions or accents. I can't come up with original people. What's funny about me is me. And I can't like come up with a different person. And the fact that he can be 50 different people is unbelievable to me. And the, and commi- it's now, the, you have the to commitment to, Yes, it,
1: it, It's the commitment too, because you guys, he doesn't like, it's not like deep prosthetics and all of this stuff. He's like a right. weird looking dude that puts on a wig and he acts like he's like this spoiled like girl, brat, or like a teacher right. or like, and it's all of these made, but it's the commitment because you believe he believes everything that he's saying. And it's like, right. that's where true comedy. Cause you're like, this guy is not even a miss. There's no wink to the audience. There's no, like, right. I get that I'm being crazy right now. And that's what makes right. it even funnier. What is your opinion then on like Eric Andre? Cause we just got, uh, wonderful. we, we had a hard Here, launch today of him and Emily Ratajkowski. Speaking um, of, I
0: have tea. I have tea. I made this TikTok, but I decided to delete the drop because I didn't know if it was worth getting kicked off Raya yet, but I did see him last week <laughs> on Raya. Okay. He didn't match me, oh, but I saw him on Raya. You, it how does Raya like,
1: work? Do you match him? How does Raya work? Do you go it's just
0: like Tinder. It's, yeah, it's like Tinder, where if you like them, you see if they liked you back or maybe later they'll like you back or if so they like him, you never see them again. I liked him. He didn't match me or at least he didn't match me yet. But the, the point was, this was a week ago. He was on. He was active on Raya. His thing did not say just for friends. Like there's a setting that you can put a lot of people do when they're like in a relationship, although I don't know why just you for just, it. Or like they put just for friends who's just for friends. It's nobody's looking for friends, but you have it still open so that you can say that you have Raya and go and creep on Raya and look who's there (laughs) while you're still in a relationship. (laughs) But you put just her friends so that it's like, oh, your girlfriend isn't mad that you're looking for other people. But um, his was not on just for friends. (laughs) His was on the romantic setting. And he was on Raya last week. I thought about making a TikTok about it. I just was like, okay, they're going to kick me off. So let's wait it out. But they are officially dating now. Speaking of which, like, okay, I guess it's like better than Pete Davidson, but like what's with Emily He just like, well, I, I is she just like, is she's, like all the the thing?
1: Su- she's all of a sudden a comedy nerd. She's all of a sudden like, right. and because we, we hard, launch, we we had the soft launch where they were spotted in a couple different places. But then today there was a photo of Eric Andre nude with his dong with like a, an emoji over it. And then you see, right. uh, Emrata in the background, you can see her butt and he's like, cheers. And it's like good for them. I don't know, though, like for me, and I like Eric Andre a lot. And you know, Emrata, I'm, I'm hot or cold sometimes, but I, I like some of the messages she says. Uh, but I'm kind of like, I don't, and this is like, I don't feel anything when I look at that. I'm like, I don't feel any, I'm like, I hope everybody's happy. I hope I'm good. Like, but I don't, I'm like, I can't tell if like, is this real or do you want us to get excited? What do you want from us? What do you want from us? How are we supposed to respond to this?
0: Personally? I don't think it's real. I think he's just waiting for me to match him back and then he'll finally get out of this relationship. But I feel, yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm just, I I'm, just have... I'm so enthused. You're not trying for John Mayer. That's uh, usually I just, what.
0: Okay, well, stay tuned on my TikTok because I saw John Mayer yesterday on Ryan <laughs> and he was on just for friend setting, but oh, I did film a nice. TikTok. I asked my friend if I should post it and she was like, no, he'll sue you. Are you allowed to sue people for showing your Raya profile? I know I'll get kicked off of Raya, but I don't think I'll get sued. Has John Mayer sued
1: before for, has John Mayer, I've seen so many TikToks of girls talking about famous people on Raya. I've seen so many TikToks. So there's, I don't think you can sue at all. The people need to know. Why would it be a
0: secret if I, if I, well, the joke that I made was that he didn't match me back because I didn't put my age to 19. That's why he doesn't like me. But (laughs) I don't know why that would be a problem. My friend's like freaking me out. I think I'm going to post it as soon as I get sick of riots. It's just something that I'm going to store for a rainy day. Um, But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to think of Eric and, and Emily. I just think a lot of these couples, every time I see Pete Davidson dating somebody new, which is a whole different conversation, but like a lot of these couples or just sort of, it seems like they just hop around to like get that one huge Instagram photo, the big announcement, they're the talk of the town for a week. And then in a month, it'll be with somebody new. I feel like these happen so often. Like these people date so many people date quote. I have no idea. You were talking about that in terms of
1: Pete Davidson on one of your TikToks of like, you know, us being through with Pete Davidson, you know, it was a really, uh, funny take on all that. And by the way, Pete Davidson is now with Chase Sui as co-star from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And, you know, it's weird. It's weird to almost then start to get into that vortex of like, oh, damn, he he reverse gears. He's like going with somebody not as famous as she's famous. She's like a celebrity, but not as famous as Kim. Um, Also, I just wanted to tell you quick before we go, Larry David, I met him once because my friend dated him for a bit. And he, yeah. And I had to, he would always like, I would write her emails to him and some of her text messages to like kind of put jokes in there for her. Like, so she would send me what he was writing her and he would do references to like older movies and stuff like that. And like really funny, funny stuff. And then I would give her a couple of alts, And then she, um, one day she goes, oh shit, oh shit. And I go, what? And uh, she goes, I thought I was texting you and I texted him and she texted him. He loved it in regards to an email that I had written to Larry <laughs> David he goes and he goes and I tried to play it off but he knew exactly what I did he goes you uh you told somebody about me and they wrote the uh, what you sent me right? right like he guessed it immediately and then he's we met a
0: genius the, oh he's, <laughs> a genius. he's a genius we met
1: and he's exactly who we, like, we met at this party and, you know, it was a bunch of us, like, actors that worked at this acting school. I mean, it was ridiculous for, I knew he right. was miserable. Like, even going into this, I'm like, he's not going to like this. And right. I got introduced to him and I was telling this story about being nervous about some girl thing. And he goes, uh, why, why do you care? Why do you even care? Like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Like, he was just like, why would you even, then don't, like, you shouldn't even like her That Like, he was so Larry, Larry David about this. And then, <laughs> then later on, he went into a, a a living room that he wasn't he, he didn't live there, and he turned right. on the Lakers game and just watched it by himself.
0: Of course, and he, he wasn't did. pouting. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was just Larry David going like, "I don't want to talk to these people anymore." And it was awesome. Like I was like, "That's the right. most Larry David thing." That I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. I love it."
0: Right? Oh, we know he's he's incredible. He's and all I could ever hope to achieve is the understanding from the world that he has of his persona. And the idea that he could go into this room or or talk to you about your problem and outwardly express that he doesn't care, so why should you? It's not exactly warm and it's not friendly, but I think that the biggest thing plaguing the world is honestly this idea that we have to be nice all the time rather than authentic. And that somehow not being nice means that you're mean. And I really do think that he has achieved this level of fame where like people know who he is so well that they completely forgive the fact that he doesn't follow normal societal norms. And the fact that he could be kind of mean to you at a party is is famous person goals. It should be. It's the oh, best yeah. type of thing. And by
1: the way, i I've been treated mean by celebrities before. Right. I did not take this as me, but it was just yeah, this great. It mean. was that refreshing way. I was right. like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, finally, closing up your la- the video that I really responded to uh, as a dude. And uh, some of it kind of made me tear up from laughter. And also, I was like, fuck yeah. Was you outside of Madison Square Garden talking about cancel mm. culture? And uh, like, yes, that one. Yeah, but it was <laughs> great because I... What what she was behind you guys? She was behind a sold out Madison Square Garden for Louis C K. And you were talking about guys. Cancel culture isn't even real, you guys. No, you were saying cancel culture. Why are we canceling these people? Why are we? And you were okay. you know right behind someplace of somebody that said you know we say they were canceled, but they're not. This person Louis C K is out there thriving, um, and it really kind of hits back at this like cancel culture truly isn't real. Is are those your thoughts?
0: Yes, I don't believe that cancel culture. Well. It's it's interesting because I do believe that um, cancel culture isn't real when it comes to people whose main audience is white men, and often those are white men, right? But that also goes for like, you know, I mean... JK Rowling, for example, her made audience is people who she's not even talking about. It's not like she, she has these awful comments that she has to say about transgender people, but they make up such a small portion of her audience when in reality, her entire audience is people who are still going to keep buying these books or whatever that she, she puts out. So yes, like we have, we can like ruin somebody's image and a lot easier if they're women and even easier than if they're people of color or women of color, but If their audience is really motivated to keep buying their stuff, and if they're white men, it really doesn't affect them at all. The most that it will affect them is like a little bit of emotional turmoil for a couple of months. I just really don't. And that's not to say that I think that exiling from people people from entertainment and whatever is always um fair but it rarely ever happens unless you're like Army Hammer who by the way is already trying to make his comeback like I don't think that people really ever lose their opportunities to make money but people will often say like oh why can't they be a shitty person but still do their job Why can't he go back to work and keep making art and be shitty right Why can't Louis CK keep doing comedy? even though it was really just this, you know, these these assaults that he committed, but it doesn't affect the fact that he's funny. Why should he have to stop? And it's because he weaponized his power in this industry. The fact that he is famous, the fact that he gets to work in this industry and have the power that he has is the reason he was so easily able to prey upon younger female comics. It was not younger female women, random women that he would meet. It wasn't like he was you know, masturbating in front of the maids at his hotel. He was no. taking young female comics who respected him, who were opening for him. He was using his power to give them opportunities and help them in their careers. And in return, he would expect their silence and their, and their you know, submission when he would assault them. That's how he used yeah, his power. He, knows,
1: he knew who he was in those situations. He knew the power differential. He knew how respected and revered he was to all stand-up comics. And his career was really like, bam, 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 in terms of everything, TV, movie, all of this stuff on all cylinders. But the thing that I keep pointing out was that the thing that I can't get past as a, a, a past Louis C.K. fan before I had known any of this stuff was that he, at the end of the day, got off on making on that fear in somebody's eyes when he said, hey, do you mind if I whack off in front of you now? And, like, imagine that situation, like, because you're going to party with Louis C.K. If Louis right. C.K. a comic and you're a comic and he's like, let's go have some beers, you're going to be like, fuck, yeah, I'm with Louis C.K. Right. You're not thinking, like, I'm going to have to sleep with this dude. You're thinking, here's a comic welcoming me into the right. fold. The thing that he liked was watching people get scared of when he did that and then him yes. doing that and watching that fear and how they would react. That, right. to me, is the darkest thing that he still, even in his comic, I've you know, has his comedy has not been able to explain What in him, that's like a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous part of him.
0: It's really dangerous. I think that there's so much to be said that nobody ever mentions, the fact that he was not just going after young women. It's not random young women. He did not do this to every young woman he worked with. It was specifically young stand-up comics who were just getting started. He wanted to take these women, use what he had over them and threaten them. He liked the fear. It's a very scary thing and all rapists and assailants and whatever like this fear. That's what that's why they do it. They want to be respected through fear. They want to be looked at as though they are a monster and feared, but like, Why do we assume that just because he disappeared? And by the way, he didn't disappear. He's still financing shit all behind the scenes. It was like, I mean, he
1: went underground. He it's all through his website. It's all guys. He is making not the same amount because, you know, he had mainstream, but he is now taking it behind the scenes. If you go to a show, you have to put one of your phones in one of those zip pouches. And he sold, you were the one that drew attention. He sold out Madison square garden folks. This was just in the last two months. He sold that out. That's insane for a stand up comic.
0: It's insane. And the fact that people say, like, why should he not be able? Like, it's so sad that these women ruined his opportunity to do that. He didn't go anywhere. But also, people then will say, even before I educated my parents, were like people who were like, well, I thought he kind of paid his dues and went away. And it's like, you have to teach people: A, there's no such thing as going away. He did not go away, and none of them ever do. They will always make money no matter what. But B, What, why do we assume that he stopped doing it is my question. And I won't confirm or deny anything, but it is kind of a known, it's an open secret in the comedy community that he allegedly has not stopped doing it. People don't rehabilitate themselves when they are that dark and twisted when they're in like their forties, he's a fully developed brain. He's not going to change and he will always need to do this. And that's that's a, it's a sickness so that doesn't too. go away.
1: That's why Chris Delia is the same way we've talked about right. on the show. And that's why I mean, like these things, and that's like that's why Harvey Weinstein, it was like, you know, you think, oh, well, he would be too ashamed to go out in public at this point. No, these people are no, different than us. They don't, they don't feel human emotion the way we do. And right. you know, like as a dude, I'm even suspect. So, like that it's it, it's one of those frustrating things. But you at such a I really recommend you guys go back and watch that TikTok in particular because I was just like, oh fuck, this is this is so it this is it. And and I don't even know, there's no answers for this. And we still haven't had a language in which there is no rules for this. you know, there's no right. rules to cancellation. There's no, and by the way, nobody's saying he can't do what he's doing because he is doing what he's doing. I just right. always think like, are we really thinking about this? And in terms of me, if like, yeah. I don't listen to Michael Jackson's music anymore. And guess what? I'm okay with that because there's really so much good music. I don't listen to Kanye anymore. And you guys know how much that kills me, but guess what? <laughs> I'm okay. There's so much good right. music out there. I'm good. Right. Like I'm good.
0: And you're better than me. I, I think that's great that you don't listen to Kanye anymore. I kind of struggle with that. If he comes on shuffle, I'll listen to it honestly. And I'll still watch Woody Allen and whatever. I won't watch his new stuff that he's come out with since Oh, do I'm I Woody now. Allen
1: DVD box sets, which is like insane to even buy DVDs.
0: Right. But my belief is that everyone, a lot of the people that create beautiful art, many of them are evil and we don't even know it. So we're still listening to it. I think that it is impossible to avoid everything evil in the world and still live a happy life. I need to watch Annie Hall sometimes, and that doesn't make me a bad person. I think that in this life that we live in, there is no way to be a perfectly moral person. And yet, I try to counteract the fact that I'll still give these people money with my downloads and my views by outwardly speaking out about them. And I will still maybe watch people, like people think that it doesn't, a lot of people will comment, you know, that my speaking out doesn't do anything like, oh, Louis C.K., Regardless of whether I make my dumb little TikTok or not, Louis C.K. still played Madison Square Garden and he still made all that money. And a lot of the comments from incels on that post were like, oh, well, he still sold out 20,000 seats. And it's like, yes, that's absolutely true. And I did not change that. And I'm sure I knew people who were there and I don't think that they're evil either, but I'm trying to educate those people. And he sold out 20,000 seats and my video got 11 million views. And that was just on Twitter. So I don't really think that it's nothing. I think that if you just speak about it, it doesn't matter. How much money you made in revenue compared to him, or how famous he is compared to you? My point got further than anything he said in Madison Square Garden that night, which is what matters. And it's very possible for everyone to do. The fact that people were sharing that twenty thousand people went to see him, but eleven million agreed with me. So I don't. And I want
1: to. And I want to point out you're not saying that in a look at me i'm all powerful no the message that no no i want to point out the difference there the message is the thing it's not like me in the message it's the message i always had a teacher that said you know don't uh you know love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. You know, exactly. like you know, like love, like like your expression of that thought is the thing that really matters. It's not look at me, I had the thought. And that's a big difference right. with people out there, and that's why I always really admire your work. I could keep going on forever and I've taken up so much of your time, but please come back, please say you had a good time because I really I and thank you guys for listening. Cause I know we talked a lot of topics that might be uncomfortable, but that's okay sometimes. And thank you for being so open and honest. Um, did did you have a good time? Was this okay? Oh
0: my me? god, are you kidding was the best. Okay. I loved okay. it.
1: Uh, I loved I'm it. I'm so, thank you for doing this. It's so nice to, to finally meet you, even if it's over a podcast and please keep coming back whenever, before your podcast launches, please keep coming back. Cause I really, I, I have a whole other list that I want to talk to you about. So I hope oh, you will. But Talia Lickstein, I'm going to put all of her socials, even though you probably already follow her. But I'll put it just in case. And go support. And uh, I really think she is somebody to watch. Uh, so go, 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 support. Hop on that bandwagon now, folks. Really, come on. Thank Let's. You. By the way, do, are you afraid, are you afraid for the day when the internet potentially comes for you?
0: Um, I really do live in fear. Not comes for me, but comes for TikTok. I live in fear of TikTok getting panned. Do I think that I'll ever get canceled? not for like, um, a legitimate reason. I don't see it happening, <laughs> but maybe for like something that's really silly that I could then joke about. I don't, but I don't have any skeletons in the closet or anything true that I truly think is offensive to say. So no, I'm well, not I worried used to about wet,
1: it. I used to wet the bed. So I'm really <laughs> scared of that coming out. So, um, okay. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon.
0: All right. See you later.
1: Betches.